Coming up on Jerusalem Dateline, Israelis gather by the thousands to celebrate the reunification of Jerusalem. And the government spending package hits the final stage necessary for its approval. And President Isaac Herzog and his brother reflect on the role their father played during the Six-Day War. Plus, a new geopolitical thriller from Joel Rosenberg depicts a scenario that seems all too real. All this and more coming up on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. After 16 hours of debate, the government's finance committee finally passed the proposed two-year budget for 2023 and 2024. It goes next to the Knesset for final approval, where all 120 members will vote on it. The plan includes a controversial property tax fund, which calls for redistribution of tax income from wealthier municipalities to poorer ones. This represents a concession to coalition partners and has sparked threats of non-compliance from many city mayors and governing bodies. Other hot-button issues include education, welfare, and social services, all of which will be hotly debated in the Knesset plenum next week. Well, 56 years ago, Israeli paratroopers captured the old city of Jerusalem and the Temple Mount during the 1967 Six-Day War. Thursday marked Jerusalem Day, when Israelis celebrate that history with a flag march. This is the main gathering for the flag march. From here, they'll go through the old city on their way to the Western Wall, all celebrating what happened in 1967, the reunification of the city of Jerusalem. During that six-day war, Israeli Colonel Matagor announced to the world, the Temple Mount is in our hands. It marked the first time in more than 2,000 years that the Jewish people were in control of their capital. Actually, it was there in 67. I was a very young fighter. And at the end day, the seven days of the Six-Day War, they told us, you can go home. The war is finished and nobody went home. We went to our real home, to Jerusalem. Former General Uzi Dayan witnessed the liberation of Jerusalem as a young soldier and went on to serve as national security advisor to two prime ministers. It's very important today because what brings the Israelis, the Jewish Israelis together, actually Jerusalem. Dayan's feeling was shared by many others. We celebrate the unification of Jerusalem. At the same time, we celebrate the rebirth of the Jewish people coming back to Israel. We commemorate the reunification of Jerusalem, which is a city older than uh, years and years and years ago from the, day, from the days of King David. It's very, very important to the, uh, the Jewish people. We want to show that Jerusalem, first of all, is, a, is an open city to all religions. This is a wonderful country, open to everybody. This year's march came just days after Israel fought a five-day battle with the Palestinian Islamic Jihad in the Gaza Strip, who fired more than 1,400 rockets at Israel. Despite threats by Hamas that if the march went through the Muslim section of the old city, they would retaliate, the march went ahead as planned. And despite minor scuffles between some marches and Palestinians and members of the media, the event was mainly peaceful. We are talking about patriotism, we're talking about love of our city, which has been the centerpiece of our religion and our people for thousands of years. Patriotism was clearly on display throughout Israel yesterday. I spoke further with Jerusalem's Deputy Mayor, Flor Hassan Nahum, who gave us some historical context. 
Flo Hassan Nahum, great to be with you again. Wonderful to be with you. Tell us, this is an important day, Jerusalem Day. Why is it so important? Well, we are celebrating many different things, but first and foremost, the love for this wonderful city, which has been the capital, the eternal capital of the Jewish people for 3,000 years. This is a city that King David built out of nothing 3,000 years ago, and it was a city that was built to, in fact, unite all the different Jewish tribes. So this city is the reason in fact, that we are one people and not a tribal society. So that's really the origins of the city. But today, specifically, we're celebrating the date of the reunification of our city after the 67 war, when we were able to go back to pray and worship at our holiest sites um, that we've been deprived of for so many years. And so we are celebrating today that reunification. Uh, I think it was uh, Colonel Matagor who said, the Temple Mount is in our hands during the Six-Day War. How important was that for the Jewish people? Well, it is the epicenter of our spiritual universe, the Temple Mount, where we had two temples destroyed, where we had the center of Jewish life, a Hebrew Jewish lifestyle then. Um, so it's pretty important. Uh, and, the, of course, the Wailing Wall, which is as close as most Jews can get to the Holiest of Holies, which was, the, of course, epicenter of the temple, Pretty significant, but more significantly, that during Jordanian uh, illegal occupation of Jerusalem between 48 and 67, we're not allowed to pray in a holy site. Mm -hmm. Today, the only guarantee that Christians and Muslims and Jews can pray in all their holy sites and our holy sites is Israeli sovereignty, which we managed to acquire in 1967. And that's really what we're celebrating. Yeah. Coming up, Israel faced threats on all sides during the Six-Day War. But in the midst of it all, one military general rose up as a voice of calm and became a major player in the nation's history. 2023 marks Israel's 75th anniversary. Wanting only a homeland of their own, the Jewish nation has survived war. I was so scared. Terrorism. And so my husband covered in blood. And waves of anti-Semitism. It's a message of killing Jews. You can stand with the nation of Israel and support their basic right to exist through CPN Israel. Your donation makes it possible to give humanitarian aid to Israelis in crisis while simultaneously reaching millions worldwide with breaking news and award-winning films that tell the true story of the Jewish people. Will you stand with Israel during their 75th anniversary? Call 1-800-265-0996. Go to cbn.com slash support Israel or text CBN Israel to 91999. Download the CBN News app 24-7 news from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. In all of history, there have been few men like him. He was a prophet, a gifted psalmist, a feared warrior, and a revered king. Gain spiritual insights for your life 
from the life of King David in Pat Robertson's newest audiobook, The Shepherd King. Coming May 8th. In the spring of 67, Israel was facing threats of invasion on all sides. General Haim Herzog emerged as a voice of calm to guide the nation. Our Middle East analyst John Waggy spoke with this man's sons a few years ago. Who knew that one of them, Isaac Herzog, would end up being president like his father? By the end of May 1967, the die was cast. Israel would soon be at war on all borders. Prime Minister Levi Eshkol tried to reassure the nation, but he was ill and faltered during his address. Military General Chaim Herzog stepped in to fill the gap with radio commentary in Hebrew and English. A new page has been opened in the history of our people's battles and of the courage of Israel. And deep in the heart of each and every one of us at this moment, when we think of those engaged in the struggle, there is, irrespective of whether we normally pray or not, a prayer that the guardian of Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. During the Six-Day War, Chaim Herzog didn't just calm the nation. He became Israel's first military ruler over Judea and Samaria in more than 2,000 years. He was also a powerful presence as UN ambassador and later as president of Israel. Chaim Herzog died in 1997, but his legacy lives on. His son Isaac was only seven when the war broke out. Still, he remembers the prevailing fear. What we know is that there was a period of awaiting about three weeks before the war where the national mood was Auschwitz. Israel is going to its second holocaust, whoever leaves last should turn off the light and leave the country. That was the mood. Isaac's older brother Michael, now a retired major general, was 15 at the time. He says there's no doubt Israelis were concerned about the nation's survival. So I still remember ourselves, uh, like many other people in Israel, digging trench in our backyard because we expected that we would be shelled, and we were shelled. Tel Aviv was shelled by the Jordanians during the Six-Day War. Young people who have abandoned the cafes of Dizengoff Street and the discotheque, the farm boys, the yeshiva students, the members of the youth movements, the boys of the immigrant townships, all are at this moment shoulder to shoulder fighting in the air, on the land and on the sea for our right simply to live. You know what's interesting is we hear a lot today about the term fake news and that kind of thing. 67 was a banner year for fake news, especially in Egypt and, and in Syria. And your father was kind of counteracting that to a people that didn't know really what was happening. They had to hear the truth. We would hear what was called Kol Kahir, Voice of Cairo. And they would speak in Hebrew, and they would say the worst things. We're going to throw you to the sea, I guess. You yeah, heard yeah they all. said terrible things, and people were, there was anxiety. But he provided very professional analysis. He, he, first of all, he knew the situation. I am broadcasting from Jerusalem to the sound of heavy shelling. A strange form of quiet and anticipation has fallen along the front line. A quiet that may foretell great tidings. He would broadcast three times a day. He would also broadcast in English, so there were both BBC and others, but the three times a day you'd walk in the streets of Tel Aviv and you'd hear his voice throughout the city, people just listening, stopping and listening. 
and it was awesome. I heard his voice in the trench. I heard my dad, we, you know, my mom brought a little radio and we would hear him in the trench and he calmed us down. I was told by <coughs> soldiers in the front lines and they would listen to him and I was told by quite a few of them that this really boosted their morale before going into battle. Just one day into the war, Israel's Air Force virtually destroyed the capacity of Egypt, Syria, and Jordan to strike from the air. On the ground, Israel's army penetrated deep into the Sinai and pushed toward Jordan on the West Bank. By day three, Chaim Herzog could tell the nation the unthinkable. After two millennia, Jerusalem was back in Jewish hands. The miracle of our generation continues, as does the brilliant campaign, the like of which there is no record of in the history of Israel, and perhaps in the history of the nations, and which has achieved today what millions of Jews throughout the generations have prayed for. We live in a very different era than 1967, but in my mind, uh, what our father the impact his broadcast had on the national morale is reminiscent of the impact that Churchill's broadcast had on uh, British morale during World War II, and that was very significant. And indeed, the saying goes, Jerusalem is a gift of the whole land of Israel. On the altar of the Temple Mount and Mount Moriah, the people of Israel offered up today priceless sacrifices which swell the toll of sacrifice by earlier generations. Our victory was not lightly achieved, and at this moment it is well that we remember those who offered up their lives for the glory of the Almighty and the nation. John Waggy, CBN News, Jerusalem. Up next, a new political thriller follows a CIA operative and his mission to track down a dangerous terror group. We hear from New York Times best-selling author Joel Rosenberg about his latest novel when we come back. Now, for a limited time, you can get five of CBN's critically acclaimed documentaries. Experience the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. The historic bonds between the Jewish people and the land of Israel cannot be broken. Relive the battle for Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. Jerusalem is yours forever. Discover how Israeli volunteers are changing the world. When people need us, we volunteer and we come and help. Explore the world of Israeli technological innovation. We're people of dreams. God gives us dreams. And that's really the roots, I think, of, of much of our innovation. And understand the biggest land dispute in history. Many Palestinian Arabs claim that the Jews stole Arab land. But is that the real story? This exclusive Israel DVD collection can be yours for a gift of $29.99 or more. Call now or go online to get your Israel DVD bundle, which includes streaming access. Come home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern Gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel, now available at CBNRadio.com. Introducing a brand new way to start your morning, the CBN News Quick Start Podcast. Each weekday morning at 7 a.m., get quick highlights of the day's important news, then an in-depth analysis that goes beyond the headlines, insights that matter to people of faith, 
Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Find the CBN News Quick Start Podcast on iTunes or wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. Because truth matters. Joel Rosenberg's novels burst onto the political thriller scene more than 20 years ago. Two decades and more than a dozen novels later, Rosenberg is still thrilling with his newest release, The Libyan Diversion. New York Times bestselling author Joel Rosenberg's latest novel follows the adventures of CIA operative Marcus Riker as he hunts down one of the world's most dangerous terrorist groups. The stakes are enormous as the head of the terror group, the Libyan, plans the most daring attack on U.S. soil since 9-11. While Rosenberg's thrillers entertain, they also examine and raise critical questions about U.S. national security. In this book, that includes America's poorest southern border, the growing alliance involving Russia, Iran, and Turkey, and American enemies expanding weapons of mass destruction. Rosenberg takes his readers on a literary roller coaster ride, one he hopes and prays will never come to pass. Well, Joe Rosenberg, great to be with you again. Tell us about your latest uh, thriller. Well, The Libyan Diversion is the fifth in a series of political thrillers about Marcus Riker. Marcus is my main character. He's a former Marine who served in combat in Afghanistan and in Iraq, uh, decorated for that. Uh, he was on the United States Secret Service uh, elite presidential protective detail. Mm -hmm. And now, over the course of the books, he's, he's emerged as one of the top operators in the Central Intelligence Agency. And he's tasked by the president to hunt down the world's most dangerous terrorist, a guy whose nom de guerre, his, his war name, mm -hmm. is Abu Nakba, the father of catastrophe. But the Libyan diversion sounds like it's Middle Eastern or North African, but it really has a lot to do with the U.S. border. Tell us about well, that. Well, it does. It, it, the, the concept of the Libyan diversion is, is, a, is a twist in the book. I won't give it all away, but I will say, uh, on one hand, uh, Marcus Riker thinks that he's tracked down the headquarters of the main terrorist organization, which is somewhere in Libya. Uh, the question is, is, it, is, is that really what's happening, or is that itself a diversion uh, to, to get Marcus and his team off track? But the other thing is, Abu Nakba, his father was Libyan, and so inside the CIA, they call him the Libyan. So the point is, Marcus and, and Abu Nakba have gone head-to-head -head in book after book, and both are trying to outsmart each other and stop each other. In this particular case, Abu Nakba is trying to lure the American CIA deep into the Middle East and Africa away from their real target, which is to smuggle a radical Islamist terrorist inside the United States via the chaotic and unsecured U.S.-Mexico border. Why? To bring about mass casualty attacks that will make 9-11 pale by comparison. And that's, that's really what freaked me out when I wrote it, because I hadn't really written a novel in which the threat didn't come in by a plane, that was my first book, or crime, you know, chemical weapons, or all kinds, but actually terrorists just walking in to the United States, but smuggling nuclear dirty bombs into the United States. And I, I worry that it's not just fiction, that it really could happen, given the way Biden is 
throwing up his hands and not even seeming to care about what's happening on the U.S.-Mexican border. Yeah, more than 5 million people have come in, yeah. illegal aliens. Who knows how many have been uh, terrorists. Uh, so that, that really seems to be sort of ripped out of the, the headlines of today. Well, I pray that the Libyan diversion never comes true. But you're right. Last year, 2022, 98 people on the FBI's terror watch list were captured trying to get in illegally into the United States through Mexico. 98. This year alone, 83. And we're not even halfway through the year. So the question is that you can see the effort by terrorist groups to get people inside. And they're realizing, I'm not sure if I can get a fake passport good enough to come in by plane or to come in by a ship or a truck. Because there's so many sensors, there's so many homeland security systems and intelligence uh, 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 devices to keep terrorists out in the normal ways. But if you can just cross the border or come in through what we call here in Israel terror tunnels, then all bets are off. That means that that that, that there's a massive uh, loophole in the homeland security system. And you know, just this weekend, just this past weekend, an Afghan national citizen on the FBI terror watch list was captured trying to come into California. And, and you just think, what in the world is happening when the president of the United States won't abide by the U.S. Constitution, which says in Article 4, Section 4, the president's responsibility is to protect the country and the states from invasion. And if 5.7 million people, including drugs and organized crime and terrorists and human traffickers, flowing in, flooding in, invading our country, if that's not an invasion, what, what, what would be the definition at this stage? Yeah. It's very sobering, uh, Joel. Yeah, and, I mean, I, and, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, it, it will not be, you will not be laughing your way through the no. Libyan diversion. But as you say, we can hope and pray that this, this uh, scenario never comes to pass. Amen. Thanks Amen. for joining us, Joel. Thank you, Chris. Still ahead, a global prayer movement. Christians around the world unite to pray for Israel and the Jewish people. How it's reaching the highest of Israel's government. Introducing the all-new Superbook Academy Express, a special series hosted by Gizmo, featuring a full-length Superbook episode and more. We are to love our neighbor as ourselves. This month, the Good Samaritan. A certain Samaritan came to where the man was. When he saw him, he had compassion. Join the CBN Animation Club today and get this exciting new DVD, plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. Included with every Academy Express is a special family resource guide filled with scriptures, coloring pages, and other fun-filled activities. This special video contains one full-length Superbook episode, a sing-along music video, a gospel presentation, the salvation poem from the episode, plus so much more. Give your young ones a deeper understanding of God's truths. Superbook Academy Express, available now. Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years. And to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. Anything's possible! It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us region. Experience God on a new level. 
Empowering the believer is what this podcast is really all about. Discover insights into scriptures. Be encouraged by inspired teaching. Everyone listening. Everyone. You can be a chosen vessel. The Lesson with Gordon and Ashley. What did Jesus get? Everything that the Father has. Yes. Learn more about what God has for you. The Lesson on cvnfamily.com and YouTube. The evangelical community has made a concerted effort in recent years to support Israel. Bishop Robert Stern spoke with me about how important this is. Take a look. Bishop Robert Stern, it's great to be with you here in Jerusalem. It's always good to be in Jerusalem, and we so appreciate all that you and CBN News do. And today is Jerusalem Day, so it's extra special to be here in this holy city on this amazing day. And you're here right after the anniversary, the 75th anniversary of the birth of uh, the modern state of Israel, and you had a special visit to the president's resident. Tell us about that. It was such an honor to meet with uh, my friend, President Isaac Herzog, who I worked with years ago when the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus was founded under the late Dr. Yuri Stern. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, President Herzog's family has been so instrumental in the legacy of Israel, his father and his grandfather before him. Uh, and we brought to him, on behalf of millions of Christians around the world, our commitment that Christians are uniting in prayer as never before for the city of Jerusalem, fulfilling the prophecy that those who call on the Lord must prioritize Jerusalem as a praise in the earth. We must stand as watchmen on these walls watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem until Jerusalem is a praise in the earth. And of course, along with praying, we brought a wonderful birthday card signed by multiple thousands of Christians from around the world to celebrate this 75th anniversary. Even while rockets were falling from Gaza, it was not going to stop the birthday celebration that Israel is having. And one of the things you said to the president was there's a new breed of Christians rising in the earth today. What did you mean by that? I hope this statement uh, is not uh, over the top, but I genuinely believe that Christianity around the world more and more is being divided um, along two lines. You are either in alignment with the covenants of God, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, to Jesus, the Jew, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, the Jew, or you're following some type of other Christianity that is not rooted and grounded in this land and in this people. God chose to reveal himself to planet Earth through a specific people. And it is through the covenant that he made with Abraham that that Or Hagoyim, the light to the Gentiles, has come. And we know that this city is not only the city of our spiritual birth through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, it's also the city of our prophetic hope. And so every Christian in the world should feel both as though they were spiritually born in Jerusalem and that the hope of their prophetic future is linked to Jerusalem. And Chris, as I travel the world, South Korea, Brazil, Europe, Africa, the Americas, Increasingly, I'm seeing a new breed of Christian rise up who walk in what I'm calling Jerusalem-centered Christianity. 
Last question, Robert. How do people connect? How do they, uh, I know you have the day of prayer for the peace of Jerusalem. Right. If people want to be praying for Jerusalem, what would you recommend? Uh, join us at eagleswings.org. All of our information is there. The global day of prayer for the peace of Jerusalem, the first Sunday of every October, literally tens of millions of Christians around the world praying. But this is an hour to link together and Eagle's Wings invites you to join us in this global prayer movement. And let me ask one last question. How important is it to be praying for Israel right now? At this moment in time where Iran is increasingly unstable, nuclear capability is imminent. Uh, there's all kinds of shifting alignments around the world. And we see an increase of anti-Semitism globally. It is urgent that Christians become awakened to this issue. Great. Bishop Robert Stern, great to be with you. Always an honor, Chris. Well, that's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also access CBN content through our CBN News and other CBN apps. And don't forget to sign up for our email blast so you can continue to receive all of our exciting CBN content. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.